Um, you ever get worked on by God? Uh, and sometimes it's like, okay, hold up, stop working so much, right? You know, you're kind of, okay. But no, it, it, it's a good book, and it's been encouraging, it's been challenging to me. And there's a verse, and I'm going to go, it's right here on, the, on our board here on the televisions. It's Philippians 3.10, and it says, that I may know him. Now, this here, what we're looking at, we're, we're dealing with people who know Jesus Christ as their Savior, okay? People have placed their faith. Now, if you go to, uh, just like you had yesterday, door-to-door, everybody knows Jesus. You ever notice that? Everybody knows Jesus. Um, but the difference is not knowing about him, but knowing him personally. There's a huge difference. And this verse here, when it says that I may know him, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't answer it aloud, all right? But ask you a question. Do you really know Jesus intimately? Um, really know him. Um, and if you desire to know him, you can, and he will, but there's a process, and there's some things that he's going to be teaching you, and he's going to be showing us. And so we see the first part, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let me say this. Many Christians, I don't believe, ever experience the power of his resurrection. Now, they experience it as salvation, because that is, right? He raised us from death into life, so that we might walk in newness of life. They experience then, but they don't experience it anymore. They just kind of stop with that. The power of resurrection is victory over sin. Now, I ain't going to ask anybody to raise their hand, but does anybody have any issues? You know, yeah, amen. Everyone, by the way, if you don't think you do, all right, we'll pray for you. Or you pray for us. Let me rephrase that. Uh, but anyway, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection but I want to go on this right here, this, this little part, this little phrase, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Boy, we, we want the power. We want to know him, but we don't want any suffering. Now, I'm going to be just transparent. I don't claim to know anything about suffering. I don't even deserve to even be talking about it, really. But... It's something that's very important and that God wants us to learn. And so I'm going to read the rest of the verse, being made conformable unto his death. When you get to know him, you're going to start experiencing his power. Then you're going to be, start experiencing his fellowship of the sufferings. Suffering requires or involves pain. I don't like pain, do you? We like the blessings, but we don't like the pain. And then it says, being made conformable unto his death. And uh, being conformed, we got to die to ourselves. The only way we're going to get to know him is die to ourselves and realize our flesh is our enemy. A lot of times we blame the devil, but it's not the devil, it's our flesh. The devil might have tempted us and we did it once, but then after that he takes his hand off and he says, you got this all by yourself. And... Uh, we don't want to be like that. So let me move on here. Fellowship of his sufferings. And I know you can't see this, and I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm learning with this new um, 
what is this called? Keynote. All right, I'm used to PowerPoint, so I'm. But it, what is fellowship? And you see at the top picture, two fellows in a ship, right? <laughs> Pretty, you know. It's fellowship. Um, but really, but really, what is fellowship? Well, I mean, here we go. Fellowship is companionship. It's association. It's company. And that's what fellowship means. And then the sufferings, when I, the word, it means bearing, undergoing pain. Are you ready for this? Inconvenience or loss. Pain endured. Distress, loss, or injury incurred. And then I have the picture there of cross. The cross equals suffering. But I want you to see, now this looks very negative, don't it? This looks, oh, I don't want to suffer. I don't want any parts. But there's some positive out of this. I want you to see, because there's a lot of positive to this. So we see the fellowship of his sufferings. So who is to be a part of this? Well, we are. We're to be partakers of his suffering. A partaker is one who has or takes a part shares a portion in common with others, and associate. So, here, you ready? Suffering brings association. So, I'm going to ask a question here, and I, maybe nobody in here, I don't know, but how many in here lost a parent early in your life, early age? See, I have an association with every one of those that raised their hand because I lost my dad at the age of three, almost four. I have an association. We can relate to one another. We understand the loss. You see the association? Um, I, I put up here also um, kidney issues. Anybody ever have any kidney issues? Me as well. Boy, I can relate with you. You, you ever notice that people who suffer? I know. Now, Robert and Vera, bless their hearts, uh, they're really getting to associate with one another. And they can really relate, right? Amen. I'm not being ugly, but I'm just being real. I mean, it's just, it's an association. So suffering brings association, okay? And it's not a bad thing. It helps us relate with others, but it also helps us to relate to our Savior in the suffering that he did for us. Can't you, can't you see with his suffering? Can't you see his love? Can't you see his sacrifice? Boy, we can see a lot through his suffering. And so we, we're all to be partakers of this. I'm going to give you some verses here. It says, But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad and with exceeding joy. Now, when you go through a tough time, when you go through extreme pain, pressures, problems, not a one of us are going, glory, hallelujah, thank, that's not our natural instinct, okay, that's not what the flesh wants to do, the flesh wants to say, woe is me, right, why does this always happen to me, you know, that's, that's the flesh, but Jesus is saying when he allows us to go through these sufferings, it's to help us to be glad and to have joy, from what? The victory that he has given us. You think about the victories that he's given you. The things that you went through. Going through a loss of a loved one, that's not an easy thing, but God enables you. He helps you to get through that. 
The next verse I want to share with you, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, hey, we believed on him, amen, we believed on him, but also to suffer for his sake. We are to suffer for his purpose. God's got a purpose for our suffering. Jesus suffered, and we are to follow his steps. This is 1 Peter 2.21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, look at this, that we should follow in his steps. Wow. So God's wanting us to learn this fellowship of his sufferings. We're to take part in this. So, partaker's struggles, I put up here at the top. Partaker's struggles. We want resurrection power without the cross. We want glory without pain. We want riches without sacrifice. We want blessings without taking up our cross and following him. Doesn't that, now listen, I'm not, doesn't that sound like the average Christian? Now listen to me. You and I are not to be the average Christian. Because what is average? And who decides average? Right? What is average and who decides it? We don't want to be an average Christian. If you want God to greatly use your life, you don't want to be average. You want to be above average. God said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. God wants us to be hot. But that hot means that we're going to go through some things. What is, what is the goal? What is this goal? That I may know him. You ever notice, and I, I'm going to talk about someone from our church. I'm not bad. It's all good. But I think about Betty Hinton. Betty Hinton suffers. And I know there's others, don't get me wrong. I'm not, but I think about her. But do you ever notice her love for Jesus? You ever notice her praise for Jesus? You know what? She knows him. Not about him, she knows him intimately. Because without him, she could not be what she is. And I think about that. The people who go through tremendous suffering have a, a deeper love than those who don't. And I know that's, you know, that's a tough thing, but, you know, that's, that's the truth. The verse here I've got, For which of you intendeth to build a tower, and setteth not down first, to counteth, counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? This is Luke 14, 28. What are you willing to pay to get to know him and the fellowship of his servant? Because let me say something, everything you do will cost. Sin cost our Savior greatly. And to get to know him will cost us. You ever notice it cost you to love your kids? You ever notice that? Think about it. It cost you. It cost you to know your grandkids, amen? If you don't get that, I'm a granddad now, so I'm just kind of throw that in, all right? But uh, and my wife is a grandma, grandma, all right. But what are you willing to pay? A partaker struggles. You better consider the cost. I apologize. This is really small. Forgive me. Forgive me. All right. 
suffering, if you listen, I'll help you with this, all right? Suffering was a suitable tool to teach Jesus. It is a suitable tool that can teach his servants. Suffering, now look at this, or listen to this, Hebrews 5.8, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience, listen, by the things that he suffered. If Jesus Christ had to suffer, and what he had to go through was the purpose of learning obedience unto his Father, how much more do you and I need to suffer that we may learn obedience? Um, suffering teaches obedience. And I got an illustration up there. I'll just ask the question, okay? How many of you in here ever touched a hot stove? All right? Now, your parents told you not to touch the stove. But you wanted to do what you wanted to do, and so you go over there and, ah! right? How many did it again? Okay. All right. Some of us are a little slower learners. That's okay. All right? But normally, when you do something once that causes pain, you don't want to do it again. Um, this, this fingernail here, I, I'm praising God I have a fingernail, but uh, not about a year and a half ago, I was out putting down pavers, and my son just got me one of those dead blow hammers to put the pavers down. And it did a dead blow, all right, right on my nail. And you know what? When I put pavers down now, I'm a lot more careful. But you know what it taught me? Pain teaches you something. It teaches you something. And what God wants us to learn from that is that pain, and to learn from that pain, to be obedient. Listen to the instruction. Carrying or taking up your cross, and the next point here, I got suffering teaches us through pain. Carrying or taking up your cross teaches us about sacrifice. Boy, can you imagine? These people in Roman times, there was a portion of the cross that they had to carry, and they would carry it, and they had to carry their cross to their own crucifixion. They had to carry a portion of it. It was heavy. heavy. It was weighty. There was a, it was a, a, not a short walk. It was a process. It, was, it took some time to get there. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the sacrifice on the body? The body is, probably is wanting to collapse. The body is wanting to stop. But they're pushing you, saying you got to go. Taking up your cross teaches us about sacrifice, and you ready? And leads us to die to self. And leads us to die to self. This is a one-way route, because suffering leads to the end result, death. Right? Crucifixion, it leads to death. And so when, what God wants us to do, he wants us to take up our cross, and he wants us to carry it. Now, this suffering, taking up the cross, is a bearing, you see that, bearing, undergoing pain, inconvenience. That's what carrying a cross means. Every one of us in this room has a different cross to carry. You have different burdens that you've got to carry. Every one of us have different ones. But what God's wanting us to do is he wants to take us, he wants us to take our cross to him. He wants us to die to what we want 
what we desire. He wants us to die to those things, and he wants us to do what he wants us to do. And what he wants us to do is to die. Now, he's not wanting us to die to hurt us and because he hates us. See, you say, what is dying? You ready? Your flesh. I know many of you in here, and you're like me, you like sweets. I think I'm related to little Debbie. <laughs> or at least I should be. You know what? Your flesh can say, I want that, I want that. But God, in something simple, if we can't control our flesh, then our flesh controls us. And if we are letting our flesh control us, guess who can't? God can't. And so if our flesh is controlling us, that's why he's telling us to carry our cross. That's why he's telling us to die to ourselves. Then said Jesus to his disciples, if any man will come after, come after me, let him deny himself, there's sacrifice, take up his cross and follow me. And so suffering teaches it teaches us, and I, I'm going to just quickly go through this, to take up our cross. Now look at this, to die daily. It's easy to die every so often. But God wants us to die to our flesh, die to our desires, die to our will daily, every day. And sometimes it's not daily, it's moment by moment. He wants us to do this. It says, I protest by rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Because let me tell you something, repetition, Jesus said this over and over. It teaches us to count the cost. For which of you intendeth to build a tower, sitteth not down first to count the cost. It will cost you. Here it is. Here's the, here should be our desire. He must increase, but I must decrease. More of thee and less of me. That's what it is. More of thee, and you know what you're doing? You're getting to know him. When you, get, you start going through some sufferings, now you can relate. You can understand what Jesus went through. You can understand his love for you, his sacrifice for you. You can understand Jesus a lot more. But here's some more, and I'm going to get to the positive. These are some of the benefits. This is some of the... Suffering has the potential for rewards. Suffering has the potential for rewards. Would you agree with me? Persecution is a part of suffering. Okay? Look at this. This is Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Boy, forgive me. I'm, I just went on a political run here. Um... You know, Trump's trying to do right. Boy, don't they hate him for doing right. Whew. By the way, they'll hate you for doing right too. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Look at this. Blessed are ye when men revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely. Look at this. For my sake. That's The word sake means for my purpose. 
when you go through this for the purpose, what is the purpose? Now look at this. This is what God's word says. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. See, suffering, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but it'll be okay. Suffering is an opportunity for rewards. It's an opportunity for rewards. It's an opportunity that you can give something back to Christ. You can give this back one day to him. Say, hey, because of your great love, I want to give this back to you. It's an opportunity. It says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Look at this. For great is your reward in where? Heaven. So going through persecution can be a, it's not a fun thing. How many of you, when you go door to, when you went door to door yesterday, you wanted somebody to come up and slam the door in your face? Oh, please shut the, slam the door in my face. You know, we, we had a guy, uh, um, Brother Carlos and I, uh, we knocked on the door, and then after we knocked on the door, we realized it said no soliciting. <laughs> well, he was, I mean, he was not real pleased with us. And I said, look, I'm not selling anything. I'm going to give you something. He didn't care. Get out of here. That's what he said. You know what? You know what our flesh could do? Man, he doesn't like us. Let's just stop. Right? He, he, he said some harsh things. That hurt my feelings. You see where our flesh can control us? But it's an opportunity. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You're not the only one. You're not the only one going to go through it. And I, I said this a while ago, and I'll just keep moving on. Suffering can bring opportunities for rewards. So I want you to view this. When you start going through something, don't start thinking the negative. Don't think, woe is me. Think, God has said, hey, I want to give you something and then give you the opportunity that you might be able to receive a reward for it. Boy, that, I don't know about you, that changes my point of view. That helps me with suffering. Now, I'm not asking, I'm not the first one to raise my hand for it, okay? I'm just being real. But it helps me when it comes into my life. And by the way, it will come into your life. Here it is. Suffering can bring glory to God. Suffering can bring glory to God. Second, and I don't have this up here on the, um, on the TV, but in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, um, in verse number 25, I'm going to read you some scripture, and it says, and this is the Apostle Paul, thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned thrice, I, was, I suffered, suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I had been in the deep, in journeys often, in pearls of water, in pearls of robbers, in pearls by my own countrymen, in pearls by the heathen, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among the false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in suffering and thirst and fasting is often in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. It says, who is weak? I am not. Who is offended? I am not burned. Now listen to this. I must needs glory. I will glory of the things which mine infirmities. I, let me re read that. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. You say, what are you trying to say, Brother Steve? Would you agree with me Paul suffered? Yes, he suffered greatly. But what he was doing is this. When he said, I'm going to glory in my infirmities, he wasn't saying, 
I was shipwrecked. Hallelujah. But here's what he saw. He saw God's grace when he was shipwrecked. He saw God's grace when he was beaten. He continued. And what was he doing? He was glorifying God. He was glorifying him by the grace that God provided for him during the time in his life that he was suffering. That's what he did. And that's why he could glory. He was glorying in the grace of God. He was glorying, by the way, Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need or time of trouble. That's what God's word is. And so we see that going through this, it can bring glory to God. I don't want you, I want to bring glory to God when I, what I go through. I don't want them to say, oh, he was a whiner and a complainer. Everything happened to him. He complained about it. Because let me say this, the things that God allows in your life, he has it for a purpose. We know, all know Romans 8, 28 in here. All things work together for good. But let me tell you something, when you're going through it, you don't think it's very good. But when you get on the other side, you begin to see the good. You begin to see the glory. You begin to see the God of glory. Suffering, I'm almost finished here. Whoops, let me go. If I can go back here or not. All right, suffering equips us for ministry. Suffering equips us for ministry. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, now get this, who comfort us in our tribulation. There's tribulation can bring some suffering. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we were comfort or wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Let me say this. The things that I've went through, I don't understand them. I didn't like them. But now God is using me and is helping me that I might help somebody else. Let me tell you something. There's not just one person who goes through bad times. There's all people. And God wants to prepare us. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for the example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, I behold, we count them happy which endure. We have heard of the patience of Job and we have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. And this is James 5, 10 through 11. Here's what suffering can do. It can help you to endure. You know what that is? Endurance. You know what another word for patience is? Endurance. What's it take to get you to quit serving God? What's it take? You look at Job's life. Job, boy, you say, how in the world did, I couldn't do what Job do, did. You're right, you can't do that in the power of your flesh. But when you're in the power of the Spirit and you're, you know Him intimately, you can do it. You can do exactly what, you can do the same thing. People say, well, you don't know what you're going to do until you go through it. And I understand that statement. But let me tell you something, when, you, when you're walking with Him, you're taking up your cross, He's going to give you that power to, and that grace to help you in time of need. I've got to move. Suffering can help us, I like this, to finish well. Suffering can help us to finish well. My challenge to you is this. Look at suffering different. Don't look at it as woe is me and what I'm going through, but it's opportunity that you can it's opportunity that you can glorify God. It's opportunity for rewards. It's an opportunity for service. You can serve others. 
I'm going to finish with this. And I'm not going to go in details, but I'm just going to. But there's been some circumstances uh, that, that my wife has been dealing with, that some circumstances. God allowed me to go through them circumstances. So you know what God's enabling me to do? To help her. You say, well, you should help her. That's your wife. Well, amen, that's right. But if it was one of you, it would be, I should do the same thing. And don't you think that brings glory to God when you help someone else get victory in their lives? Uh, Galatians, I believe it's Galatians 6.1, talks about, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, let him that is spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. That's what it's about, church. That's what it's about, church family. May we learn to know him. But when you get to know him, you're going to get to know him through sufferings. It's not going to be fun, but it will be worth it all. It will be worth it all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your, your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. God, thank you that you allow us, while you allow us, you teach us and allow us to go through hard things. Lord, why? Because you want to conform us unto yourself. God, may we look more like you. May we act more like you. May we be like you. And Lord, may we be prepared to the cost that it's going to take to get to there. But God, thank you for your goodness and thank you for your love. Pray that you'll bless the next service. Pray that you would uh, help uh, Pastor Chris as he preaches in Jesus' name. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.